98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Yeah, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So yesterday we learned that Antonio Hamilton, Colt McCoy, and Antoine Wesley have been designated to return or designated for return and can begin practicing. Here's Cards head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's good. Um, you know, with the wideouts being banged up to get Tweezy back will be, be really good. And then Colt um, has played at a high level when he's had his opportunity, so that'll make us all feel better. And uh, Hamilton was, was playing as good as any DB we had, and so we'll have to get him back up to speed, football shape, all those things. But definitely is, is nice to have those guys back and give us some depth at, at positions we needed it. What will re- the return of those three guys do for the Cardinals. Well, specifically Hamilton. I mean, he was a guy that, according to Cliff, had moved ahead of Marco Wilson in the in the offseason. Now, Marco Wilson, I think we would all agree, has been better in the regular season. But that gives you depth at a position where they haven't been getting burned the last couple weeks, Wolf, but you can never have enough depth at corner. So that, that to me, is the biggest one, is getting Antonio Hamilton back. And we talked to him during the, the preseason. He's It's a great story, too, just to, to get him to this point in his career. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Tweezy is definitely going to help because there's not a lot of size in that wide receiver room right now. So yeah. he's really going to help out, I think. But, yeah, as far as, you know, Colt, obviously. Listen, I love Colt McCoy. Love the fact that he is the backup uh, to Kyler Murray. Um, that's going to be fantastic. But, yeah, the biggest impact, you would imagine, is definitely going to be Antonio Hamilton knowing how badly they need another corner. So, can't wait to see how he comes back. Isaiah Simmons saw a season high in snaps on Sunday after combining for just 31 over the past two weeks. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. He's earned it. He's, um, you know, that's three weeks in a row. He's made big strides, and, and that's what he asked him to do, practice and games, and um, we want him to keep coming, but uh, that that's a credit to him and, and his response to, to really the challenge of, hey, each and every day, each and every game, each rep, let's, uh, let's get better and strain, and, and um, been really impressed with how he's responded. Look, you got both of them right now, Wolf. You got Isaiah Simmons trending in the right direction, I would say. I mean, not where where everybody was hoping he would be a month ago, but compared to where he was two weeks ago, maybe slowly, but still trending in the right direction. And then Zayvon Collins is definitely trending in the right direction. So both of those guys that we all had so many question marks, or at least everybody was looking at coming into the season, are heading in the right direction now. Even if it's slow and steady with Simmons, they just got to get him there. You know what's amazing, though? Just to listen to Cliff Kingsbury right there, and it's Vance Joseph as well, and it's the the coaching staff, and it's Steve Kime as well. They're talking about Isaiah Simmons being more consistent in his approach in practice and in games, being more consistent and showing that he could be responsible. Man, you know what? I was so jacked up about Isaiah Simmons because of his unbelievable talent that he had. But more than that was the fact he was his harshest critic. Do you yeah. remember me yeah. talking about that this? Big Red Rage, he to brought me, that up last year. Yes. Yeah. He talked about it all the time and how he was his harshest critic. And when I listen to the coaches talk about him, 
there's a disconnect there. Because that's not what they're pointing to. Your harshest critic should be yourself. And if that's the case, man, you're going to you're gonna be consistent. And he's not. And that's troublesome. The 49ers beat the Rams last night 24-9 to forge a four-way tie in the NFC West. Here's Cooper Cup. I don't know it's fixable. I mean, we look at the film and, you know, it's obviously these kind of games hurt. It's, it's a, you know, it's a gut punch. And kind of off that field and don't accomplish what you have worked so hard to accomplish. Um, but um, you watch the film and, you know, in some ways you're encouraged and you say, hey, look, this is all stuff that we have answers for. It's just doing it better. So what are your guys' thoughts on the NFC West right now? Because through four weeks, each team is two and two. Yeah, I mean, the Rams are probably still the team to beat. But I, if you told me I had to pick today who's going to win the division, I probably would go with the 49ers. It is funny, though, because, I mean, the 49ers have had the Rams number now for three and a half years, not counting the playoff game last year, which is obviously the biggest seven straight wins. But then last year, the Cardinals swept the Niners. I mean, you just, it seems to go in a circle in this division. But I just think in a division this wide open, I'm going to trust the team with the defense and the one that can run the ball. And honestly, at this point, the team with Debo Samuel, too. Like, he couldn't be on a team yeah. that he helps more than the 49ers. Yeah, I thought Debo didn't want to be a running back anymore. I thought he didn't want to do that. He seems to be okay yeah. now. <laughs> I don't know, for some sudden, reason. Yeah, now all of a sudden he's okay doing it, and rightfully so. Yeah, I think... I think San Francisco right now because they've got a quarterback that I think is a very good game manager in Jimmy G. Um, may not be the guy that can win a Super Bowl, but certainly a game manager. They got that guy, and man, they're built physically on both sides of the ball. And because of that, I think you're right about that. I think the 49ers are the favorite right now. It's hard for me to imagine this team losing two games. When you look at the defense and their ability to run the ball. Lost to Denver. Yeah. NBA.com did a GM survey, and they had GMs vote on the best coach in the NBA. And first was Eric Spolstra at 52%. Then it was Steve Kerr in second, earning 22% of the votes. Then tied at number three with Greg Popovich was Monty Williams with 7%. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I I would. There's not any coach I'd rather have for the Suns right now than Monty Williams. I think he was the right guy at the right time a couple years ago when he got here. I mean, he's a huge reason. If you told me I have to to rank the reasons why they have gotten to where they have over the last few years, I think he's right at the top, or he's right there with Devin Booker. Uh, but I don't. There's nothing wrong with saying Steve Kerr is a better coach. Steve Kerr wins the title every other year, and people love Spolstra. I mean, Spolstra's obviously pretty good in Miami too. But I I would I would still prefer Monty Williams over. Spolstra for this Suns team. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. Uh, Eric Spolstra is a great coach. Man, if you're Pop, you'd be a little PO'd, wouldn't you? <laughs> He's always a little I mean, It's in his name. It's the first two letters of his last name. Uh, we should have seen saying, it coming. He's been around a long time, uh, and he's coached a lot of good teams. And uh, how many championships? Five? It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Who cares about championships? Nobody, nobody cares saying, about championships. would be a little put out if I were Pop. Yeah, well, that's, that's what he gets for having Robert Ory throw Steve Nash into the scorer's table. All right, we come back. It, uh, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Eric. Let it go. No, I can't. Uh, it's it's only been four weeks, but is Kyler Murray already looking a little different on and off the field than he did last year at this time? We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Mm-hmm.
Hi, this is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Nobody in this room is fast as this kid. He's like that little kid. You can't catch me. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Our guy is one of those that gives you a chance every Sunday, and at his best, you know, I don't know who's better in this league. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Wolf, I give you the bad news. I checked the vending machine. No corn nuts. No corn nuts. No corn nuts. How do you have a vending machine without corn fair nuts? Question. That's a very that is question. a fair question. I'm going to bring in some corn nuts tomorrow. Man, we agree barbecue. Yeah, okay. okay. Barbecue's fine. Barbecue. Well, you know what? I, once again, spicy. Okay, I'll go Man. for the spiciest I can find. Can you even still bind? Right yeah, there? Okay. Well, of course. Yeah, I don't have to travel back to like 1998 to be Look, able to this, buy. This isn't Moscow. Okay, <laughs> some mean. original for me. Yeah, I'll, original basically being just uh, used corn nuts. That's what original ones are. So okay, ones <laughs> somebody has sucked all the flavor off of. Yes. Yeah, so Bring you some of those, Rick. If you really want those. Oh, that's so sick. That's man. what they Don't, are, though. That's basically what they no, are. That's barf material. Flavorless man. corn nuts. Come on. No, we're, we'll be having barbecue tomorrow on the show. Uh, the Cardinals, it sounds like, are bringing in Matt Amendola, which I'm taking as not a great sign. Uh, with Matt Prater. They haven't said that Matt Prater's like out or anything, but it sounds like they're bringing in uh, Matt Amendola. And if you're like, I remember that name vaguely. You probably started him in your fantasy football league in like week two, and he missed a bunch of kicks for the Chiefs. Yeah. So now is, he may be here. Is there any relation to Danny Amendola? Uh, in some right? ways, aren't we all related to Danny, Danny Amendola? I mean, that is, uh, I don't know, uh, that's kind of a weird last name, right? I can say that because I have a weird last name, Wolf Lee, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, yeah, I can say that. Any relation Amendola? to Craig Wolfley? Yeah, I'm just saying. That's kind of a, a different name. So, interesting. All okay. right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get our research team on that one. Uh, but, Wolf, the uh, the conversation here is about Kyler Murray and the maybe more subtle evolution this year. Hopefully. I'll admit, I'm framing this with, with, you know, you're hoping that this is the case. He's not putting up the numbers he did a year ago, a month into the season. I'm not saying Kyler is like an MVP candidate. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying... It's been a little bit different this year, and for the most part, he has not cracked under the pressure the way we have seen him, really, in the past. That Rams game last year in the playoffs being the extreme version of it, when things weren't going well, Kyler would fall apart. The team would fall apart. Something would happen. And now we've seen two games this season where they've started horribly, and they've come back and won those games. And Kyler Murray... I don't want to say single-handedly did it against the Raiders because that's not fair, but he was clearly leading the charge, and he was a big part of it on Sunday against Carolina as well. Yeah, you know, um, listen, uh, Kyler Murray right now, um, I think he's showing that he's not the same guy that he was last year. Right now. Now, again, the sample size is very, very small, Basinonians. It is. We're talking about four games right now. So the sample size is small. I want to be fair in my assessment of it. So because of that, it's got to be this entire season, taking a look at this entire season. But right now, we only have four games, and I like what I'm seeing. It seems like Kyler is is playing more consistently than he did last year. Um, I think through the first four games right now, he's been their best player offensively. He's brought his team back twice in the second half to win games, 
twice in the last three weeks, as a matter of fact, to win games. And we haven't seen that a lot from Kyler. A lot of times, and, and this is just the way that it was, but a lot of times when Kyler started poorly, he finished poorly for the most part, with a few exceptions. Um, right now, I like what I'm seeing from Kyler Murray in terms of actually being a leader and leading this team out on the field. It's a concern, or was a concern, I would say further down the list, obviously, than why they aren't starting well or why they can't win at home. But it, it was something of, you know, when when things are going really well, this team plays really well, right? Last year, okay, it was 3-0, and now we're 4-0, and now we're 5-0, and now we're 6-0. and we're now, Okay, but you get to 10-2 and and you lose a game, and all of a sudden you can't win again. So any sort of indication that, that somebody on this team or the team itself is bucking that trend would be huge. And the, the Raiders game did not start well, and the Carolina game was miserable. The first half of that game on Sunday Horrible. was miserable. Those aren't games that the Cardinals were winning in the past. Not that they couldn't, well, they couldn't beat Carolina, but not that they couldn't beat a team at that level. It was just if they were going to beat them, they would jump off to a fast start and then just win. They weren't really showing the ability to rally when they didn't play well. They weren't showing that resiliency. Now, <laughs> the elephant in the room, though, Wolf, is at some point you do have to start starting these games better because you can't yes. you can't depend on constantly coming back. You got to play more consistently. There's no doubt, um, and I think they will. But you know what? This is a meritocracy. It is never, ever in a million years should you expect anything. When you're talking about having how many games left, they've played four games. they got 13 games left. You have no idea what's going to happen. Now, that's also good from a player's perspective because here you sit at 2-2 two and two right now, and you haven't played anywhere close to as, as good as you will play at some point in time. Um, I think that's encouraging for the guys that are inside that locker room. The defense is incrementally getting better, developing. You can see young guys developing. Now, if they mesh together, they're only going to get better. But offensively right now, man, they got to find this offense. It is the strength of their team, and if they don't find it, I don't see him getting into the postseason. Well, no, I mean, uh, I, I, we've seen it so far. If you can't get the offense going, you are going to be, what, 8-9, and nine, maybe 7-10, and 10, maybe 6-11. and 11. I mean, you're asking a lot of your defense. I don't see you getting into the playoffs. No, and not even in the NFC. But they are, you know, they are in a good position. And I don't think this is a surprise. Maybe the NFC West, everybody being 2-2 two and two is a surprise. But I don't think anybody should really be surprised that the NFC in general it's pretty wide open. Even Philadelphia 4-0, all the credit in the world, that's fine. If you told me I have to pick a Super Bowl team out of the NFC today, I, I don't know that it's Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's four games. Yeah. You know? uh, I just This conference is wide open, and everybody knew that coming into the season. The fact that they have salvaged two wins when they haven't played well, you're right. That's potentially a good sign because it's very clear where they can improve. And it's not... For the most part, it's not they need to go out and add players. They just need to execute better and actually play better. But it's also what's so infuriating, Wolf. Yeah. And they could have played right. a lot better in these first four games. They'd probably still be 2-2 two and because two, they probably weren't beating the Chiefs and the Rams anyway. You know, it's amazing. I just heard you say that right there. You know, the, the Eagles. Surprise at 4-0. Remember the Arizona Cardinals a year before? Mm-hmm. Last year? Remember that fourth game? Yeah. What was that fourth game? That was against the L.A. Rams. That was against the L.A. Rams in L.A. And after they won that game, they were the talk of the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
four and oh, all the Arizona Cardinals. Here's Kyler Murray. They're a talk, talk of the town. Four and oh, just beat the Rams. Philly, right now, there's a lot of similarities between what Philly is doing this year and what the Arizona Cardinals did last year. And I can tell you this, Basin Onions, as well. When you look at their offense, this is no joke. The Philadelphia Eagles, no joke. Already, think about this, Jalen Hurts has already thrown for over 1,100 yards. Right now, four games. And he runs all the time, too. He's got four rushing touchdowns, thrown for over four I mean, over 1,100 yards in four games. Think about it. He's on pace to blow right by 4,000 yards for the season. Maybe even go five. That's it. It helps to add AJ Brown. Stunning. That that tends to help out your offense. He's going through his reads. He's making the right decision where to throw the ball. These guys, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith, and AJ Brown. Yeah, And then you got Miles Sanders as your running backs. Miles Sanders. Here's a guy, I, I know this was not supposed to be about the Eagles, but I can tell you right now, you brought it up. <laughs> did I? Yeah. yeah, you did. Well, either way, okay. the schedule dictates you, you we're talking Eagles. Four, yeah, <laughs> the fact that they're 4-0 right now. Miles Sanders, this is an offense that is on fire. And the Arizona Cardinals have better figure it out, or they're going to get walked in this game. Yeah, because if you start, if you play the way you did in the first half against Carolina on offense, you're going to be down twenty four to nothing or twenty four to three to Philadelphia. This is not Baker Mayfield, and this is not a stagnant Panthers offense outside of Christian McCaffrey. This is you're asking too much of your defense if you're going to go out there and not score again in the first quarter, and you're going to have three points at halftime. It won't work against Philadelphia. It just it absolutely will not. No, work. it will not, and not like that, Luke, though, that's exactly where they want the Arizona Cardinals because they're the number two team in the National Football League in terms of sacks per attempt. They turn you over. They're secondary. They're in the top third in terms of interception rate in the National Football League. They turn you over. Their secondary is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. It is so good. Darius Slay, Bradbury as well. Excellent pass rush. They get after you. The one weakness they have is right now they're giving up almost five yards a carry in terms of stopping the I can run. already see where five you're going to be drafting in full from football this to, week. No, you've got to go ahead and your offense has got to show up and you've got to be able to run the ball because if they get off to a 14-3 to lead... It's going to be a long day for the Cardinals. Philly already has 16 sacks this season. So real quick here before break, Wolf, I'm going to ask you two questions. How many times does Hassan Reddick have to haunt the Cardinals? It seems like they play him every year. He's already <laughs> I think got, he's three, got and three and a half. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, how many years has Fletcher Cox been playing at a high level? Because oh he's got three goodness. already. I thought he was 87 years old. I thought he was 87, but look at his age. Fletcher Cox. You probably he's, know it I don't somehow. think he's is old. Wow, he's, he's like, only 31. There it is. See, I knew it. That's what I was talking about. It, it sounds like, like he's 35 years old, and you're right. And he's he's one of the best still. One of the best interior pass rushers uh, in the league. Year he's in a, and year out. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, no. I feel like that 10 and a half sack season Graham, was like a decade Brandon ago. Brandon Graham coming off the edge. He's really, really good. You got Hassan Reddick and then Fletcher Cox. Those three guys right there. Look out. Uh, all right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back after Monday Night Football last night. We have 
four two and two teams in the NFC West. What does it all mean? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, the 49ers continue to own the L.A. Rams. This is one of the weirdest things in football, right? I don't know if that's more weird of the Giants being 3-1 and one is more weird. I'll tell you what weird is. Not hearing David Lee Roth. That's all I'm saying. I was I was just gonna sort of push right past that and see if you uh, if you noticed. Some imposters playing. Jamie's crying right now. It's still Van Halen. It's um, still singing. Yeah. Well. Once again, how do you say that? No, no, do they I'm, get up in front of a crowd and just play the song sometimes. without singing? Well, no, 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 they don't. I'm not, no. I'm not saying no, that. No, they do not. I'm just saying you're making it sound like this is like some cover band. That is Van Halen playing the guitar. Yeah, but it really isn't without the lyrics over it. Isn't that right, David Lee Roth? I'm not going to um, debate Van Halen with you. I think you're right. Well, of uh, course. The, uh, <laughs> not of course. I just think you're right in this instance. What this all added up to last night was... A four-way tie for first place and last place, I guess, in the NFC West. So a quarter of the way into the season now, Wolf. I know it's 17 games, but I'm just going to refer to this as the quarter mark of the season. We're not going to go after the first quarter of this Sunday's game. We are all tied up. The Seahawks look better than anybody expected. I still don't think they are a playoff contender, but they look better than anybody expected. The 49ers, I would say, and I hate to say this because Trey Lance seems like a decent guy, but I feel like the 49ers are in a better place than they were when the season started. Agreed. The Rams, I would say, look a little bit worse. Really, (laughs) a lot worse than they did last year. Yeah. And the Cardinals, to me, are still the unknown. Yeah. Even though they haven't looked great either. Yeah, no, they have not looked great. Um, But they've won two games without being great without playing great they've won two games i think you're gonna have to put that into the positive column right now um right now the 49ers appear to be the class of the division especially that defense that defense through four games right now is playing elite now they're two and two on the season largely because of their offense not being able to score points but that defense is the best scoring defense in the National Football League. And any way you cut it, whether it's the first level, the defensive line, the second level, their linebackers, or the third level, their secondary, they're strong at all three levels. And collectively, they're playing incredibly well. The 49ers right now, the class of the league, because of their defense. The, the um, class of the division, class of the division yeah. It's funny, if you go to ESPN's 49ers page, the front photo is Bobby Wagner just obliterating that fan on the field last night uh (laughs) san francisco and i know it's been a little disjointed because they did switch quarterbacks as good as they looked last night and as good as they always seem to look against the rams they have a a loss to denver with jimmy g where they scored 10 points and they have a loss to the bears now granted that was in the rain and it was trey lance but uh, just this division right now doesn't look like what it was the last few years. And that's fair, because the last few years it was sending a team to the Super Bowl quite a bit. But uh, it, it's it's open if you can wake up your offense, if you're the Cardinals. And I cannot help, Wolf, but look back to Week 3 against the Rams. They could have won that game. 
how different does everything look right now? If, if you just get in the end zone twice against the Rams instead of kick a field, you probably win that game. And all of a sudden, you're three and one, and the Rams are one and three. Yeah, you know, it just honestly, um, it wouldn't have buried the Rams, but I'm just saying, like, it would have yeah. put you in a much better spot. Yeah, you know, I, I listened to you talk, and Thank you. I, no, I listened to you talk, and immediately I can't help but think about what happened with Kyle Shanahan before the game last night. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, what he said. He, he, he was speaking of the identity of the San Francisco 49ers. We need to make it our kind of game, said Kyle Shanahan. This coming from the broadcasters, of course, doing the game before the game. They talked to him. He said, we need to make it our kind of game. And that's when you know that you have got an identity. And the 49ers have an identity. And it's so cool to be able to rely on that identity and and bank on it going into a game saying, this is who we are. We got to go out and play our style of football, which is a physical brand of football, and we'll be fine. If we just do that, we'll be fine. And guess what? They were. And this is where the Arizona Cardinals right now, I think, their biggest task is to try to find out who they are, oh, it's, what their identity it's a is. Great question. If you if you told me I got to pick the identity for each team in this division right now, the Cardinals would be the hardest. And that's saying something, Wolf. Since we live in Arizona and we cover the Cardinals, yeah. and I'm watching all of these games yes. at least twice. Yep. And I cannot tell you what their identity is because they don't know what their identity is. I know. We and all know what the 49ers are. We all, we know what the yes. Rams are too. Right. And it, it, to me, it just um, it's something that makes it so much easier when you collectively can identify what it is that pulls you all together. I know it sounds. It sounds like smoke floating in the breeze. I know that it does. But it really is. If you're inside that locker room and you have an identity, no matter what that identity is, something you can hang your hat on and say, this is who we are, it makes it so much easier to go out and focus on what you should be focusing on in order to be that individually and then collectively. It's like just in your everyday life if you are having if you're just having a bad day, right? Nothing's going right, but you kind of you can kind of reset for a second if everybody leaves yeah. you alone for 5 minutes yeah. and be like, "Okay, wait, what what am I good at or what do I got to get get done today at least to get through today and get something out of it?" But if you're just like, oh, "I don't know what, what am I supposed to do? I don't what am I even going today?" and then everything just snowballs, that's the risk you run. That's not a Cardinals thing. That's any any professional team, any team, I would say, that at a certain point in the season doesn't have a sense of, hey, this is what we can fall back on when things get tough. Yeah, you know, and right now, the Rams, I'm looking at the Rams, and they're trying to find their identity as well, and that's not going well. Well, can I guess? I think it's a throw the ball to Cooper Cup. He's already got 42 catches. And by throw the ball to Cooper Cup, I mean also throw the ball to the other team like two or three times a game, because that seems to be their identity. Yeah, that does. That's not a good identity. No, no, but it is an identity. Yeah, that's kind of... Mr. Hyde, right yeah. there, identity. Yeah. Is, is that what the bad it is. one? Yeah, it's the bad one, okay. Mr. Hyde. Yeah. yeah. Never read it? Well, I, I, I just don't remember which <laughs> I mean, one's the good one and which okay. one's the bad one. Dr. Jekyll, of course, is the good one. That sounds like that would be and the then, bad one. And then Mr. Hyde. Okay. Think about Hyde all crapped over it. Yeah, right. Just think of Micah Hyde when nasty. you say Mr. Hyde. Um, here's the thing about the Rams, which is really interesting right now. Would it shock you to know they're the number 25th? Or twenty five, yeah, twenty fifteen. 
Yes, it was the 2015 <laughs> in sacks per attempt. Would that surprise you if I told you that? Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Well, yeah, that's weird. Number 25 in sacks per attempt. The Los Angeles Rams with Aaron Donald, of course, and we all know just how good they were last year. What did you really lose on defense? Yes, Von Miller, but you did replace him with Bobby Wagner. Yeah, you, but you, Von Miller is a guy coming off the edge for the most part, and he was a big part of what it was they were doing. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's Von Bobby Miller. Bobby Wagner's it's more inside. But I'm just saying, when you look at what the Rams lost from last year, yeah. I think offense. I think you lost your left tackle. I think you lost Odell Beckham Jr. Like You lost pieces on offense. Defensively, at least you kind of replaced, kind of. Uh, Von Miller as much as you can. Just not getting the same amount of pressure on an opposing quarterback now. All right, we come back. NBA season starts from today and two weeks from tomorrow for the Suns. Is the Suns team going to have a different vibe this year? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Kellen Olsen's going to join us in about a half hour. And the reason I'm bringing this up, Wolf, is he has a story up on ArizonaSports.com today detailing the uh, friendship between Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. That is one thing that, that came out of this offseason in a good way, I would say, is um, well, I'm reading the story and a picture of Wolf just popped up on my computer. Did you plan that? What? Now I'm looking at two. Stop oh, it. Yeah, because you know, there's like an ad. So okay. Wolf, oh, I see. Multiple yeah. Hello, Lil. Just, just trying to read about Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges and you're everywhere. And that doesn't scroll. I can't scroll away from your ad. Look at this. Yeah. I'm scrolling the whole story and Wolf's just sitting there staring at me. This look on his face like you can't get rid of me. That's uh, a good haircut, too, right there. Well done, yeah. Warrior Queen. Um, no, I don't even remember what I was going to say. It's a good story. The, the One of the, the, the few good things that came out of this offseason for the Suns is you do still have your heart and soul there with uh, with Mikel and Cam Johnson. And, you know, D.A. made himself the honorary triplet at some point last year. I would assume I would assume he's still part of that group. Yeah. You know, it's OK. Would you say the Phoenix Suns have a core group? Yes. Would you say they have a core? I what is that core? core. I, I, Give me the core group. Do you put Chris Paul in there? Like, yeah. are you talking core, like, like big picture, or are you talking about for this season? No, I'm I'm talking about what has been the core group for them okay, well then, yeah, since they got good. So it's it's those it's basically your starting five right now. Yes, it's, it's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Mikael Bridges, and Cam Johnson. Hello, there it is. That's right a nice there. core. Um, they're losing two pieces, aren't they? Jay Crowder, Javale yeah. McGee, those yeah. two right there. Um. I think Jay should have to go to New Orleans. What? I think the Pelicans should... What do you they, mean he should have to? I, well, I think the Pelicans should have... That fan base should have to embrace him <laughs> after how much they didn't like him in the playoffs. They would embrace him, too. Yeah, they would take Jay him like a quarter. one of those like guys, yeah, there's no doubt. If he plays for your team, you're all for yeah. him. You're all on board with Jay Crowder. I, I just... I'm fascinated by this story, and the reason why... Um, James Jones is the general manager for the Phoenix Suns, Ron Wolfley reporting. And this is a guy that understands chemistry inside a locker room and the culture of a basketball team better than any other general manager, maybe in, in, yes, I'm going to say better than any other general manager in the league. 
James Jones was that guy. James Jones was that locker room dude. And he has done an excellent job building this team year after year since he showed up. So why is he doing this? Why, why why is this okay? Now, I understand with the Jay Crowder thing, this might be more Jay Crowder. It, it feels like it, it is. It does, yeah. doesn't it? It feels I, like it is. I, I, and I'm just sort of reading the tea leaves here, but I, I feel like James Jones would, would have just preferred, hey, Jay, you're our sixth man. That's yeah. a pretty good sixth man to have. Right. And you're exactly. going to play a ton yes. as a sixth man. Okay, so it's not working out yet. He hasn't done anything with that yet. That's interesting. Yeah, let's let's check back in on this now. What are they? Last week, we I figured like there's still maybe like a three percent chance that Jay doesn't get traded. Do you think there's any chance he is, doesn't get is, traded? Yeah, it's probably about three percent. Kind of, kind though, of right? do. I'm going to go five. Ooh. I'm going to go five percent right there. How do you like those odds? I'll go six. You got <laughs> stop it. You got three percent. You're at three. I'm at five. I was at that's, three. That's listen. Um, I find that interesting. James, what are you doing? What? What? what is, how are you going to let Jay Crowder, dog of all dogs, walk out that door? Well, he hasn't yet. What about JaVale McGee as well? Um, yes. There's he, no getting him back. He has, right? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, it's out of your control. Sometimes you just can't keep everybody. You'd like to keep everybody, but you can't. But the fact that James hasn't really replaced anybody yet that i find interesting all right so maybe there's a situation where there's addition through subtraction i'm i'm just scrolling through jay crowder tweets to see if there's any sort of indication that maybe he would stick around uh it's tough though wolf the thing with jay crowder tweets if you don't frequently go on his twitter account you may not remember this but he tweets in all caps so when somebody tweets in all caps, everything yeah. seems frantic, no matter what. Right. Even if it's just like, having a good day today, that seems frantic, because it's all in caps. You can't stand all caps. Well, um, there's, there's, a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of all caps on here. But he has, he has been pretty clear this offseason, as, as clear as he could be while also being vague, that he does not, he feels like he's done being here. He hasn't yeah. said anything bad about the Suns, but right. he's repeatedly said, yeah, I won't be there. This you know, change is inevitable. I'm going to grow from change. He had the uh, the tweet the, a couple weeks ago of 99 won't be there when they were talking about camp. He's not a camp. I, I don't know. I mean, do you just hold him out and until so you can get a trade? Are they trying to work behind the scenes to say, hey, you know, this might be your best place? I can't see him playing here this year, but I wouldn't rule it out completely. Man, you take a guy who is such a dog like Jay Crowder and suddenly he's saying, you know what, um, I, I'm not going to play here. If I'm not a starter, I'm not going to play, which just seems so myopic, doesn't it? It's got to be more it to it. It seems than that. so myopic and so unprofessional. Of Jay Crowder. This guy's been around this league how long? Dog of all dogs? Uh, I don't I don't understand that at all. And because of it, I'm wondering if there is more to well, it. Well, if there isn't if more to in, it. In, in so much of what he does is the intangibles that he brings to a team. And I'm wondering if those intangibles, whether they fit or not. Boy, I tell you, in a vacuum, I would I would rather have those intangibles on this team because I'm looking at a roster right now that I love the starting five, and I would put it up there against pretty much anybody in the league. But the depth, 
I got I got questions. I have questions. Not that it's definitely going to be bad. They obviously are going to make a move at some point, even if it's a month into the season or whatever. They're obviously going to add a piece, but I know this team works with Jay Crowder on it. And I'm not sitting here trying to campaign campaign to get Jay Crowder back because I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. But if it is as simple as, well, I'm not starting, so I don't want to be here anymore, that takes the story in a whole different direction, right? Because on the one hand, well, what if you're not going to get to start on a good team, Jay? Like, what if you are a really good sixth man? What if that's how teams see you? Other teams probably have their lineup set for the most part. Yeah. So if it were just that, then there is probably more of a chance that he might come around in a few weeks or a month and be like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather just, I like it here. Yeah. But then if you're at the Suns, do you want a guy that wanted to leave if he wasn't starting? Um, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. But I will say that JaVale McGee is also interesting because the barking before games, I love that. You yeah. know how fired up I was. But I will tell you because, um, they play a lot of games. <laughs> Ron Wolfley reporting as well. They play a lot of games. 82 games. And that's not counting the postseason. Um, if you did it every game, um, wouldn't it kind of lose a little bit of its meaning and its luster? And I wonder if, in fact, um, that was an issue. I wonder if, in fact, that was a problem right there. Was it simply just JaVale McGee wanted to go play somewhere else? Is that a possibility? I mean, it was, Dallas was it was just, to was it just the bit. fact that somebody else was willing to pay him um, as much as they were, like the Dallas Mavericks, which is exactly what I think they needed, was a little bit of toughness like that? Um, I don't know what it is, but I do know this right here. Are they going to replace JaVal McGee in his intensity, in well, his approach, in his preparation? Are they going to are they going to replace that this year with anybody? Does James Jones think he needs to replace that? If you if you lose JaVale and Jay Crowder, you are losing some attitude. That doesn't mean the the Suns would be, you know, without any attitude. Devin Booker's got attitude, Chris Paul's got attitude, but you you would be losing some of that if you lose those two guys and don't if you just bring in guys that can get you some rebounds. You know what I mean? That's not the same. They can get you a few stats. Like You do need some of that personality and that attitude that those guys bring. The real question, though, Wolf, is does this mean we're going to have to watch Luka Doncic bark before games? Oh, my goodness. Because I'm not ready for that. I, uh, I didn't even think about that. I feel you like know it's coming. It would be like one of those small dogs that yips a lot. That's what I feel like it's going to sound like. That's but, you know, then he'll drop 40 in a triple-double. So I really yeah. can't say that much about Luka. All right, uh, when we come back, what can the Cardinals build on offensively? Wolf will discuss it next with his tape talk. It's Wolf and Luka, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.